Hi, I'm Ross Locker, and you're listening to Legends of Tabletop. Hey everybody, this is John. And this is Vince. And you're listening to Legends of Tabletop. Creating legends one die at a time. Thank you for joining us, Ross. I really do appreciate you coming and taking the time out of your day to spend with us here at Legends of Tabletop. Um, can you tell us more about Word Horde and how the origins came about for that? Okay. Um, I'd, uh, I'd worked for uh, another publisher for a while. I uh, put out a couple of anthologies through them and edited a number of uh, novels and collections through them and uh, had a great time doing it. And when that fell apart, uh, I said, well, I can either try to find a job in a highly competitive market that favors people on the East Coast, or I can start my own thing. And so I said, well, if it's going to be all that in a horde of words, I'm going to start it and call it Word Horde. And uh, 2013, I put out an anthology called Tales of Jack the Ripper. Got some good attention. Uh, Followed that up the next year by doing uh, three books, uh, Two States of the Children of Old Leech, which was a tribute to the carnivorous cosmos of Laird Baron. Uh, worked with Justin Steele on that, and uh, and that got some fun attention too. We got nominated for the Shirley Jackson Award, so it's been uh, every year just kind of ramping it up a little bit more and more. And uh, at this point, I'm doing five titles a year, uh, generally a couple of novels, a couple of collections, and a uh, an anthology. And uh, having a great time doing it and putting out some uh, some awesome, wonderful work that uh, people seem to be enjoying. Oh, definitely. I know that, uh, oh, The Children of Old Leech, uh, that one ranked definitely up there as, if not my very favorite anthology that I ran across that year. Um, That was just absolutely excellent. And thank you for that, for putting the labor into that. I, I greatly appreciated it, for one. And, uh, oh, which one was it? Uh, Tales of Cthulhu 1 and 2? Book of Cthulhu 1 and 2, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, Book of, Book of Cthulhu 1. Uh, that graces my bookshelf as well. Uh, Cthulhu 2, uh, not only does it grace my bookshelf, but I also gave that as a gift to a friend of mine. Oh, um, oh yeah. Definitely. Um, Oh, gosh. Uh, And you have been known for consistently producing very high quality uh, content and award winning content as well. Uh, If you wouldn't mind sharing with us some of the accolades that have been brought upon publications from WordPress. Well, the latest being uh, that uh, John Langan's The Fisherman uh has won the bram stoker award for superior achievement in the novel that, that's kind of the big stoker award and i'm so happy to have uh made it so that john 
gets to bring home a haunted house. <laughs> uh, it's, it's quite a cool award. Uh, that had previously won Best Novel in the um, This Is Horror Awards, and uh, a collection I published last year, uh, Olivia Llewellyn's uh, Furnace, uh, took Best Collection in uh, the uh, This Is Horror Awards. Um, and previous year in the Stoker Awards, Best First Novel was uh, Nicole Cushing's Mr. Suicide. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it, it's it's a very nice justification. And I'm not in this to win people awards. I'm not in this to win awards, but it really does tell you you're doing something right when uh, folks go out and go out of their their way to not just read the book, but to recommend it in uh, these uh, these genre awards showcases and vote for them mm-hmm. and uh, it it makes you feel like you've done something right. Yeah, I mean, that's got to be a, a really rewarding feeling to know that not only have you been able to provide a platform, but the means for someone to tell their story and have it be recognized and appreciated by others. Mm-hmm. It really is. And I, I value story. Mm-hmm. Um, and some there's a lot of back and forth as to what people are really looking for when they go out and buy a book. And for me, because we are storytelling animals, you know, this, this is the, the thing that sets us apart from anything else on this planet. We, we create stories, we create fictions, and we write these down and we share these with each other. And sometimes there's, there's a degree of ritual to it. Sometimes it's just, hey, do you hear this one? And uh, it, to me, it is quite wonderful and quite uh, almost sacred to be able to take something, make it up, and give knowledge and joy to other people through that, that mechanism. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what, oh, let's see. It, it has been my experience that you are welcoming to new voices in the writing world and very approachable. Uh, Calling from my own experience at the HP Lovecraft Film Festival, when you took the time out of your day to speak with me and let me pitch you something. (laughs) Um, And again, I I greatly appreciate that. I have yet to follow through. um, But but yes, uh, it was that small uh, letting me speak. I, I guess that that had uh, given me much needed push in any direction at that point in time. Um, now, uh, what do you have in the pipeline? Well, coming up this year, mm-hmm. um, two of our five titles have been released. Uh, that would be uh, Christine Morgan's Viking Collection, The Raven's Table. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been a fan of Christine's work for several years and have been looking for excuses to work with her uh, over time, uh, in big part because I had read uh, her short story, um, the, um, oh, as I block on it, uh, The Barrow Maid, uh, which is the story that opens up The Raven's Table. And uh, I read that uh, in its original, uh, the anthology it was originally published in years ago. And, uh, it, it made me a fan. Uh, 
and I've, I've read a number of her works over the years. I, I had a story by her in the uh, anthology Cthulhu Photogen, and uh, she had pitched me uh, the concept of doing a full collection with her Viking stories and knowing the excellence she brought and the ones that I had read and reading the others that uh, she wanted to include in the collection, it, it really came together in a fun way. Um, it's definitely uh, a different sort of anthology, that, a different sort of collection than uh, a lot of what's out there right now. But I think people were hungry for interesting stories and with uh, TV shows like the, the Vikings TV show and Neil Gaiman's Norse mythology, there, there's an interest in that sort of thing. And uh, so it's wonderful to uh, you know, have the hammer hit at the right time. Yeah. Um, and then just put out uh, at the end of April, uh, Christy Demeester's uh, debut novel, which is called Beneath. And mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's the Snakes and Jesus novel. It's uh, a wonderfully dark, apocalyptic uh, journey into uh, Appalachian snake handling cults and uh, this uh, reporter who's trying to get uh, beyond her past and figure out where she's headed in the future amid things just coming to a biblical disaster point uh, <laughs> and uh yeah it's it's neat it's lush it's uh just wonderfully uh constructed language throughout um and it's it's got this this fever dream sense of glossolalia and sitting in a bloody <laughs> church someone handles venomous snakes and uh it's quite a been getting quite a nice reaction so far. It's only been out a few days, and uh, the reviews have been really strong, and uh, pre-orders have been really good. So uh, I'm I'm overjoyed to be putting this into folks' hands. Um, coming up, uh, I've got uh, uh, Tony McMillan's rock and roll novel. Uh, this is uh, quite fun. It's called An Augmented Fourth, and we're gonna. Here and the cover is going to look so much sexier on the final version, cool. uh, but we're still tweaking it. This is Spinal Tap meets the thing. Oh, uh, crazy body horror and pure rock and roll and uh, a real wonderful nod to Black Sabbath. And uh, I think people are going to get a real kick out of it. It's quite funny. Mm -hmm. um, but it's also got some, some great shocks and scares to it, and uh, it's good stuff. Uh, that sounds like a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't have a cover to show you yet. I'm still working on it, but uh, I've also got a collection from Nadia Bulkin coming out mm -hmm. uh, early fall. Um, it's called She Said Destroy. And if you've uh, if you've read Nadia's work, you know it's uh, just amazing stuff. It's so engaged. It's uh, it is as they say woke, mm -hmm. <laughs> and it is uh, it is just quite great stuff. Uh, so I'm I'm definitely looking forward to getting that into folks' hands and closing out the year. Uh, Halloween uh, Tales from a Talking Board, which is an anthology inspired by Ouija and tarot cards and various forms of divination. And I'm uh, putting, uh, putting final work into constructing the uh, table of contents right now, just kind of weighing things uh, and uh, making sure it just 
feels right. Um, part of my, my philosophy with anthologies is that every story needs to, um, to connect with the one that came before it to build a conversation, to build an overall experience, and to take the reader for a ride. Um, I know most people kind of pick at anthologies, and they read them out of sequence, they read their favorite author's story first, but I want you to be able to start at the beginning of one of my anthologies and uh, just take it as a roller coaster ride, because uh, I've got fun sites to show you. Awesome. I can't wait for that. I cannot wait, especially for Augmented Fourth. Unfortunately, I'm speaking from my own personal desires there. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, But but yes, yes. And also the talking board. And I can't help, speaking of talking boards, your bookshelves are speaking to me. I see them behind you. Unfortunately, for now, at this very moment, I'm going to take a very brief split second in time and talk with you about the wonders of coffee. Birds of a Feather Coffee Company. Um, They have been bringing to you some wonderful personalized blends of coffee. Go to birdscoffeecompany.com. Migrate the flock on down to birdscoffeecompany.com and enter the code LEGENDS10 for 10% off of your order. And thank you very much. (laughs) But yes, your bookshelves do speak with me. Do speak to me. And speaking of boards speaking, uh, they remind me very briefly of the scene from They Live and you'll know what I'm talking about. Like if you break it down, like every single frame in that shot in the bookstore is just filled with wonderful suggestions. Mm-hmm. If you've ever broken it down. Um, but yeah, yeah. If you could guide us very briefly um, through what you've got going on and bookshelves okay. behind you, wow. I would appreciate it. Okay. So, um, should I just point or? You can point. That's fine. Okay, you can do whatever you like. So I've, got, I've got a brag shelf up top with word horde stuff, and it, it, it's getting filled up. Yes. Uh, uh, over to the left, uh, I've got uh, several uh, different printings of uh, Book of Cthulhu and Book of Cthulhu 2. Uh, mm-hmm. um, because they've been through multiple printings, it's like, okay, wow. There's a hardcover edition of Book of Cthulhu now. Go figure. Um, I didn't know that would ever happen. Um, but I've also got uh, stuff like, uh, you know, Chip Bassist is up there. And uh, I'm, I'm going to show you. Oh, okay. You know what Chip Bassist looks like as an actual book, but it looked like. Oh, wow. For a while before it became a book. Uh mm-hmm. Because, well, how's my master's thesis? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I wrote a book in college and somebody actually bought it. Um, and it was awesome working with Cameron Pierce at uh, Lazy Fascist Press to, uh, to bring that out into the world. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a slow writer. I'm a, I'm a meticulous slow writer. And I'm not the, such that I'm you know, doing the George R.R. R. Martin sort of thing of taking years and then all of a sudden there's a million words. <laughs> oh, if, if you're lucky, you'll get, you know, 
40,000 words on me <laughs> uh, as much time. But uh, I, do, uh, I do like to get those words out there. And uh, when somebody reads Chick Basis, it's like, oh, that's a gift. That's a wonderful thing. Uh, and fortunately, people seem to think it's a, a gift that works both ways because uh, they seem to take it when they read it. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, tons of books. I, I, I feel most comfortable when I'm surrounded by books. It's, it's uh, being surrounded by ideas. And I, I love the physical form of a book. I'll, I'll, I'll read stuff electronically, but it's only when I, I, I have to push through it. Uh, the, the sheer luxury of being able to pick up a well-constructed book and thumb through it and feel the paper and smell the book. You know, the, yes. That, that weird sort of vanilla-like scent that a good old book has. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's, it's decadent. Yes. Um, speaking of the feel of books, I have gotten my hands on some newer uh, paperbacks that have been released from Word Hoard. And the style, and I've, I've noticed the feel of the finish on the printed books that you have on the covers. It's got this wonderful satiny, almost velvety feel, a wonderful touch and feel in the hand. That's, yeah, that's very much by design. I, I, I want the books I produce to, uh, to feel like a luxury, to feel mm -hmm. like you've gone out of your way to get something that, uh, is different than everything else that's out there. And uh, I'm never sure I 100% I hit that, but I come as close as I can. And oh, yeah. uh, every, every one I do, it gets me a little closer to that ideal. If I ever hit the perfect book, I, I might just quit and say, okay, that's it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Something about that statement makes me doubt that <laughs> would ever happen. But I'm I'm looking here at the at this list that you have on your website of Hail the Horde of the ferociously talented literary warriors. Now, why am I not surprised? These wonderful people. I, I know a, uh, I have gotten to meet or friend a, a bunch of these, uh, either in person or be it via Facebook messaging, etc. Um, huh. Now, I was going to say, Sean Thompson above, is he the person that's responsible for formatting the website? Uh, not formatting, but... Uh, oh. Do a lot of uh, kind of publicity stuff for me for a little while. Uh -huh. uh, he's uh, he's just had a couple of books released, and uh, he's a lot more busy with that right now. But he does a lot of uh, interviews for me. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, he's a good guy. Uh, and his uh, he's got a short book called uh, "Hate from the Sky." That's a, a really interesting read. Uh, recommended. Okay. Okay, yeah, because I'm just going through here and I see some of these are highlighted with the uh, links to uh, yeah. the author's pages or work. Um, and then some of them are not, unfortunately. 
So this yeah. might this might be a call out to y'all if you have <laughs> not noticed your <laughs> your site on this list, you might want to get that taken care of. Mm. Yeah. Sometimes it's not as easy to find people on the internet as one would hope. <laughs> yes. I mean, especially in dealing with this type of content. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, sometimes little things change here and there. And it's like, oh, that web page that used to point to that great author is horse racing? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've run into that before with a certain specific person in the past that I did have an interview with and and he does wonderful work amazing human being I I hope that he updates his web page <laughs> <laughs> so anyway uh with that being said uh da, da, da. but yeah um oh gosh let's see do, do, do. oh man you know what? We've burnt through a majority of my questions. And that's okay. Well, groovy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what is it that you do look for when you are looking at a new submission or a an item that has landed in your lap? Do I publish this? Do I not publish this? Um, what are what are the what are the topics that go through your mind in the selection well, I, process? I definitely want a story that hooks me. Um, I want something that every page is going to make me want to read the next page. Um, mm -hmm. I don't want a book that I fall out of easily. Um, I find voice very important. Uh, I love when an author has a unique sense of voice and. Uh, really feels like something unique out in the field, doesn't sound like anybody else. I like a sense of place. Uh, that was uh, one of the, the real joys about putting together the Ripper anthology was uh, realizing how many of the, the stories uh, people brought Jack home with them. And uh, so Sylvia Moreno Garcia said her story in Mexico City, or uh, there were some uh, Pacific Northwest Jack the Rippers. And uh, so it, it really, it's the little things that resonate that grab me. And those can take a story and, you, you know, you, you hang too many things on it, you weigh it down. But if you give it just the right touches, it levitates. And uh, it's a balance. It's finding the absolute right way to kind of fit between things as an author but uh when you read it you know it you know it's different you know it's unique and uh those are the ones to jump at awesome now what would be your top 10 would you say that you have a top 10 turnoffs list <laughs> no not really um <laughs> You know, I've, I've got a few things that will generally knock me out. Uh, unexplained violence, violence for the sake of violence, that, 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 that doesn't really work for me. I, I really think that whereas violence is an important part of horror fiction and an important part of fantasy fiction and an important part of the human condition, 
Um, when it just becomes that sort of grand guignol grotesquerie for grotesquerie's sake, it, it's easy to just go, okay, no, this isn't right. Yeah. Um, cruelty. I don't really want to see cruelty in a book. Um, unless it drives the story along. So it, it's it's much more abstract than a, a list of things that'll turn me off. Uh, and more of a ooh, there are things that sometimes I hit and go, ooh, that just that just doesn't keep it going. Now uh, oh gosh. Let's see. So we've we've gone through the things that you'd like to see, the things that you don't like to see. Um, hmm. Uh, what's your standard length that you would prefer? Hmm. I'm not really big on epic novels. I, hmm. I've, I've worked on a couple of things when I when I was at uh, uh, the another other, place. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I worked on a. Uh, uh, a trilogy with a guy named uh, Bradley P. Bolio, uh, this Russian fantasy uh, series with flying ships. And it's full of awesome. And these books all clocked in 150, 200,000 words each. And I loved working on them, but that kind of length isn't really my thing. I, I really like a nice kind of tight sense of story. And uh, I think the magic spot for horror tends to be somewhere in that 60,000 to 80,000 word range. You can do 100,000, you can do 120, but you really need to earn that extra space. Um, and that's something that uh, John Langham's The Fisherman does. It's a little more than 100,000 words, and it, it earns every word. Um, but something like uh, Mr. Suicide was uh, 65,000 words, somewhere in that neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, and Augmented Fourth is uh, around 65,000 words as well. And uh, that's a length that I think most people can read over the course of a day or two. Um, yeah. It's uh, it's an experiential length. It's uh, something that, uh, if, you, if you've read Poe's nonfiction, uh, he talks sometimes about... Uh, uh, unity of effect mm-hmm. and I think uh, shorter novels give you that uh, that sense of I am in the same place I am experiencing all this and I'm not getting lost on the way so what did you, what are your thoughts on the Kickstarter trend to publish anthologies it's it's expensive to do anthologies. Um, and so I, I can respect the, the Kickstarter model as, a, as merely a way of doing it. Uh, but it seems like everybody's doing it that way. <laughs> so I, I think some of the, the unusualness about uh, early, earlier Kickstarter projects is kind of you know, the blushes off the rose at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are a couple of publishers out there that seem to kickstart everything they do. Um, and that gets a little bit pet peevy to me, um, just because it's, it feels like, hey, it's time to pass around the hat again. Mm-hmm. But yeah. 
the reality is it takes money to put out cool books. And either you have to put out books that make money or you have to uh, raise capital in other ways to be able to you know, attract good writers to the project, to be able to put good covers on it, be able to put good designers on it, copy editors, uh, you know, every little task that goes into making a book cool. Um, so if that's what it takes to do it, by all means, do it, get started. Um, but if you can do it other ways, by all means, do it that way too. Uh, there's no one path. Now, I'm, I'm going to bust into some other questions that have been labeled the final five, okay. but I have taken some liberties with them. So let's go meta. What question would you prefer I would have asked you? Nah, I got no regrets here. <laughs> so that question. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what question would you prefer I hadn't have asked you? That's the question. Yes. <laughs> well, <laughs> do you have an answer or no? No, that is the answer. It's oh, that okay. <laughs> oh gosh music question what album yeah. can you listen to all the way through without skipping a single track oh there's a few um list them <laughs> two hunters uh wolves in the throne room i put that on i have to listen to it top to tail um it's it's like it's just one song it isn't, but it's like it is. Kind of uh, like Sleep's uh, Dope Smoker. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, there, there are breaks in there, but it's a, it's a story. And, uh, yeah, that, that definitely works. Um, but I think at the same time, I listen to, and when, when people say, I listen to everything, they're usually lying. Mm -hmm. I actually do listen to just about everything. And, mm -hmm. I've always got music of some kind on around the house. Oftentimes it's uh, jazz or swing uh, because it's got a rhythm that I can work to and keep moving to. And it's complex enough that my brain doesn't dwell enough, but simple enough that I can enjoy it. Okay. What job, if you were offered it, would make you immediately just drop everything because you're going to go do this. You've got to do this now. Wow. I have no idea. <laughs> um, you know, because it'd still be a job. And I'm kind of used to working myself. Okay. Well, yeah. Okay. Let me rephrase that. What opportunity? If you had the opportunity to do this for this project, what would that and what would that project be? Well, I haven't made a movie yet, so that would be fun. Uh, yeah. But, uh, you know, see what goes, if anything comes of that. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I love what I do. Um, you know, I, I run Word Horde, and 
I work part-time at a bookstore and I have a great time doing both. I get to talk to people about books all day long. Uh, or I get to, you know, read stuff all day long and uh, look through artist portfolios and go, that would make a, the perfect cover for that. Uh, you know, working with cool people. So I'm living the dream. Yeah. Oh, man. But yeah, okay. Now, video game or tabletop, which games do you prefer? Video games oh. or tabletop games? I like both, but I'm 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 not a gamer gamer. I'm I'm so much of the the casual pickup and uh, you know take three minutes to learn how to play it kind of gamer. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so I'll futz around the games on my phone, but I don't really download big complicated games on the computer. Uh, and mm-hmm. if you can, you know, get a bunch of people together and. Everybody gets a big handful of dice and just gets to throw them. That, that's a lot of fun. Yes. <laughs> speaking of dice, <laughs> speaking of dice, um, another brief word from our sponsors regarding Easy Roller Dice Company. EasyRollerDice.com, um, makers of fine gaming dice in a multitude of materials, metals, and different colored plastics. If you would like electric glue dice, easyrollerdicecompany.com, please enter the code LEGENDS10 for a 10% discount. Also, tame that beard, ready it for battle with the uh, <laughs> with rogue beard oil, which is also offered by easyrollerdice.com. Thank you very much. Um, now, Star Wars, Star Trek, or if you don't like either of the previous selections, Dune, which would you prefer? Oh, I, I, I definitely go Star Wars and then maybe Star Trek and then maybe Dune. I, I like a lot of the ideas in Dune, but mm-hmm. it's, it's so broke and overcomplicated that it's just like, <sighs> mm-hmm. um, but, you know, somewhere in there, it's like, Silent Running and Planet of the Apes and Dark Star and God, mm-hmm. the thing. Um, you know, the Alien films. And those really hit me in so many ways as much as you know, Star Wars and Star Trek. Um, definitely the Apes. Okay. Aliens and Apes. Has anybody done Aliens and Apes? Oh. <laughs> Together? Yeah. Oh, the closest thing that I can think of is Cowboys and Aliens, but that's not, (laughs) that's not that. No. It's a winner. (laughs) Um, Country Fox's phone number. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Let's see. If you could have one superpower, what would it be and why? Reset button. Oh, because yeah. every once in a while things just go wrong and it's just it would be so nice to go, yeah, I didn't like that election. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> a reset button would be nice. However, not a not 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 a, a meta type of reset button, that'd be too much, but just yeah. yeah. <laughs> Marvel or DC? 
Oh, I go back and forth. It, it, every few years, it's like one or the other of them is pissing me off. Uh, <laughs> cinematically, Marvel. Um, they're 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 acing things at the moment. Yeah, and DC is kind of embarrassing at the moment. Yeah. Science fiction or fantasy, either fantasy. or. Fantasy. Okay. But usually dark fantasy. Mm. Or dark chocolate. Okay. Excellent. So uh, anything else that you would like to speak of coming up in the pipeline? Any rumors? Well, I, I'll, I'll confirm a rumor that uh, I did acquire a book for uh, for next year already. And, uh, you know, working on some other stuff. But uh, in February, I will be publishing uh, uh, David Peake's black metal novel, Corpse Paint. And, uh, yeah, it's bleak and it's beautiful and I'm looking forward to showing that off. Um, and we're, uh, we're, you know, getting everything on paper now. Uh, but, uh, oh, it's brutal. Make me giggle with glee. <laughs> and there'll be more good stuff coming. I'm just, uh, kind of figuring out the schedule right now and, uh, figuring out how it all fits together. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Ross, for taking the time to speak with us here at Legends of Tabletop. Um, I, I do greatly appreciate wasting your time <laughs> for about a half an hour and 45 minutes. I, I do appreciate it. And uh, well, uh, is there anything else that you would like to say before we sign off? That's all I've got. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, hey, folks, buy weird books. Okay. And uh, have a wonderful day. Keep it strange. Talk Bye. to you soon. This podcast is a proud member of the Legends of Tabletop broadcast network. For more gaming-related content, please visit www.legendsoftabletop.com.